Gaming is an adventure. You can delve into the deepest sea or soar above the highest mountain. You can become the hero, slay dragons, or rule entire civilizations. You can do this all alone or with the fellowship of the best companions. So what do you say? Are you ready to go on an adventure? This is the Gaming Adventure Club podcast. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Gaming Adventure Club podcast. This week, we're talking about E3 returning in June 2021. Amazon enters the gaming arena and Gearbox devs get stiffed. The first, I am Manny G once again, and with me as always is Andy. What's Uh, up, buddy? Yes, yes. Hey, Manny, how are you? Hey. How are things? Things are good. Yeah. Things are good. I um, I mistyped earlier mm-hmm. for the uh, Gearbox devs stories mm-hmm. instead of stiffed, because that's what uh, the Kotaku ar- article said. I wrote stuffed. <laughs> and I was like, there's a difference. And I read Although, it back much. and I was like, wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There are whoa, a bunch of turkeys. Down. Yeah. So, so, so I'm, I'm glad, I, that's a I'm glad I fixed that. Yes, yeah. Well, there's you know there's a difference, Manny, between yes. getting stiffed and getting stuffed. This is true. There is there's quite the difference. But uh, <laughs> Andy, my friend, how mm. how have you been today? It is Sunday night. This yes. episode comes out tomorrow. Mm. We had an action packed week. How are you doing, buddy? Dude, I'm great, man. I am great. You know, there's not a whole lot. Uh, happening right now for any of us i am grateful as you are i'm sure Mm -hmm. that we have some semblance of a routine um yeah we go to work we're able to provide which i'm very grateful for Um, yes but but you know beyond that you know just just being able to get out there man and you know like interact with the world uh yeah for me has been good uh Aside from that, like real life, uh, you know, I, I think I mentioned to you, uh, my brother uh, got uh, caught the the COVID. Yeah. Case. Thankfully, everything uh, is is good with him, as is the case with thankfully with most people that are catching it. Right. He yeah. doesn't have many of those risk factors but uh, mm-hmm. but nonetheless you know it's still concerning especially in light of everything that's happening uh you know w- with how we've decided to kind of shut everything down including yeah. the economy um you know it's still nerve-wracking right to hear like oh my brother has it you know um yeah. but he's yeah. he's been fine and he's he's getting better every day he's feeling strong so you know thankfully i you know i think you know i'm grateful for that as well but anyway Outside of that, dude, it's been good. It's been a good time, bro. We've been hanging out. We've actually been gaming together. Yes, yes. I I went ahead and said, you know what, Path of Exile, I'm sick of your junk. And um, so I stopped playing it for a little bit. Um, There's a couple, you know, it's a great game. Excellent, Mm -hmm. deep RPG, a lot of fun. But like any game, it has its issues, right? Mm -hmm. So I ran Mm -hmm. into a a particular issue, like... um, so there's this whole crafting system. It's really deep, really fun. But a part of it requires you to do certain content to get certain recipes, uh, which is fine. But uh, I just, I didn't want to do that. 
I didn't want to go through some of the uh, the the content like uh, the delve uh, me- this whole uh, uh, mechanic system thing. It's fun in and of itself, but I was like, I just don't want to do that. Yeah. So I put that down and I picked up my Crusader in Diablo. Heck yes. Heck yes, dude. And you're getting there. Or you're there now, right? You're pretty much Well, there. I, I just, uh, I, I have two builds together, mm-hmm. all, all mm-hmm. put together. I just finished one last night at like one in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like Ooh. I was like, you know, I started playing last night. Uh, I was yes. just running, trying to get uh, like two or three set items left. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. got, I got them. And then I had to get that ring from the Act One Bounty, and yes. I just kept running it over and over until I got it. I got it, and then nice. I cleared my first seventy. Nice, and, and it was great, man. It's it's super fun. Diablo is great, and it's like yes. it's funny, and it it is such a refreshing game to get into. If you've never played Diablo three, it is the kind of game that is uh, it's just fun. It's almost uh-huh. um, arcade. Enough. Yeah, yeah. It's like an arcadey action action rpg style game where you can just jump in play have some fun and it's not that you don't have to think too much but if you don't want to there's a ton of build guides out there every season Mm -hmm. uh you do these certain achievements or whatever in game and they give you a free gear set and Mm -hmm. uh they're different for each class so it's it's enough to kind of get you going so oh yeah Definitely. So because of that, I kind of, you know, after Path of Exile and back to Diablo, I see just the appeal of both games and how they're both very different. Mm-hmm. And it, dude, I, I like it. I like it a yeah. lot, dude. Diablo is yeah. super fun. It is, dude. And, you know, I think the, the, I guess I'll call it the barrier to entry, meaning the uh, from zero to end game. Uh, yeah, is is nothing, bro. It's like you know, just a you know. I wouldn't say it's a hall. It's a wall that you can just hop over on your own. But it's certainly a wall that your friends don't have to give you much of a boost over. Um, yeah, within a few days, you're you're if you're doing it by yourself, right? Every season when we start, thankfully, um, you know, it really just takes one of us to get into like uh, the higher or the low torment levels. Mm-hmm to help the rest of your buddies just like power level up yeah. to like you know ridiculous uh heights you know and uh and the PC makes it so uh friendly to just go into mm-hmm. communities and say hey anyone willing to help me power level and then that's it you just have to just <laughs> literally get into the beginning of a rift stay yeah. there don't move and then teleport to the end because the way the greater rifts work uh, you know, all the loot drops from the boss. Yeah. So as long as you get into the door behind the, the velvet rope, if you will, um, and if you're <laughs> playing with someone who's already at tier 16, you could go from zero to like Paragon 100 in the matter of one rift, which depending on how powerful the person is, like yesterday we were clearing rifts in like three minutes, tier 16. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. insane to think that a game... You could start from zero and get that far into Paragons in the matter of three minutes, plus all the loot that drops from the boss at the end, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, it just makes it so easy for you to be able to really just start going full speed within a matter of, you know, just a couple of yeah. days, you know? I think so that's why I, Diablo I is such a that. great, like, community game, 
mm-hmm. because yeah, you just need that one friend who has just, you know, they've been at it a day or two more than you and yeah, yeah they could just power level you right up. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's great. I think it's great, but it's also cool because there's still a grind in there, right? It, it, yeah. It, there's a, enough of a grind where like you who don't like you, you're probably the most responsible of all of us, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, where, you know, you work, generally speaking, your day is pretty consumed with, you know, y- your family, your responsibilities. And then at nine o'clock at night, you jump in with us, right? Yeah. But, um, but even where we might be ahead of you, it's still cool to be able to kind of, uh, grind the game with you. It doesn't feel like it's a chore. We still need items, right? Mm-hmm. And then even deep into into grinding, like you might say, "Oh, well, you know what? I want to get ancients. I want to try to find a, a useful primal, right?" Yeah. And so there's still a layer of a chase. It's not much of a chase, right? Because if I do get a primal, it doesn't really like break my build where I can go like far into, into greater rifts. Right. But it's mm-hmm. enough for me to feel like, Oh snap, I can jump several levels now. Right. I, it, yeah. it makes that much of a difference, mm-hmm. but you still have plenty to, to play for. And at some point, probably not in the not too uh, distant future, we'll be to a point where we'll be like, Oh, well, you know what? I think, I think we've, we've, uh, we've hit our sweet spot in Diablo and on to the next thing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but like you said, that's, I think that's, and, and you know what? The next thing mm-hmm. might be Path of Exile where it's like, oh, you know what? Let's give that game a whirl again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or what did yeah. we just pick up for like five bucks? Oh, uh, Grim Dawn. Yeah. Grim, Grim Dawn. Dawn. We just picked that up on GOG. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's, that's down the road soon, but man, like, it, yeah. it's been a, it's dude, the action RPGs. They are so fun. They're some mm-hmm. of the best, uh, games like out there. Um, yeah, really, really happy about it. But yeah, if you have a Diablo on PC, you want some buddies to play with, then, uh, jump over to discord and we'll, uh, we'll power level you right up. Oh, for sure, man. Did I've been, the, uh, you know what? And mm-hmm. we've been, uh, hanging out in voice chat, uh, on discord. We've had yeah. some friends kind of hang out with us. Even people that aren't playing Diablo just yeah. chill with us. And that's always fun to have folks, you know, stop by. Uh, I know Matt and I have been streaming on Discord as well. So uh, if you know if you ever see us in there, just stop by and say hello, man. We've had some visitors here and there, um, and and you know I, I don't know that we're trying to make a streaming career out of anything. I just feel <laughs> like you know it's just a another way to interact with our Discord, yeah. and and I don't mind uh, doing it, and and I certainly don't mind folks stopping by and hanging out, uh, even just to heckle me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I am, I'm making an effort to just be in discord voice chat, uh, whatever night I'm playing, uh, just mm-hmm. to be available to hang out. If anybody wants to hang out, you're feeling, feeling a little too isolated. You just need another human to talk to. Um, yeah, yeah. there's usually a, a couple of us in there just, just, uh, killing bosses and having fun. That's right. So yeah, that's right. Don't be shy. Come join us. But, uh, Andy, Yes. We've got a show, man. You put on your dad voice. That means time to get to work. <laughs> Dude, today, crazy mm. day. Uh, built a deck, like huge deck, uh, high up off the ground, too. Uh, we're not done. We just finished all the framing today. So uh, Why are you building a deck? You were just building a playground, and now you're building a deck. What's going on? Well, well, we, we built this room edition, right? 
And so yes. the plan was to build a deck whenever the ground was no longer frozen. So that time has finally come. Uh, <laughs> the ground are, is no longer frozen. <laughs> the ground is not frozen. And then on and... Thursday, I built a retaining wall, like a, mm-hmm. a like a four foot by 50 foot retaining wall. Mm-hmm. And then we, we have a part of our property is like a hill. So we have a, a friend that came, brought his bulldozer, pulled all that dirt off of the hill. So now that's where we get to park our cars. And so we're having all that dirt brought over to where I put built the retaining wall. So now we're going to have an actual yard that I'm going to put up a fence. And for the first time ever, we're going to have a nice big flat yard for the kids. Nice, dude. So, and we're also building a deck at the same time. <laughs> it's okay. it's ridiculous. It's a massive deck. It's like 12 by I, I don't remember how how long it is, but it goes the full length of my house and it wraps around to uh, to the side. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous, and uh, I I wish I can stop, but I can't. It's all good, bro. Yeah, it's, it's all my good. wife's fault. She's killing me. Mm-hmm. So okay, dude. All right, let's let's get into the show, man. Let's, let's do get it. into this. E three. They are returning in June, two thousand twenty one. Right. Oof. So we knew we knew it was canceled for this year, right? We mm. all we all knew it was it was happening. We all we all like uh speculated. We we knew it was going to happen. They finally announced it. We're like there's no way they're going to have E3 this year. Mm-mm. But they have confirmed plans that they're going to have it next year. The I think everybody's speculation has been E3 is probably dead. Like this is going to kill mm. E3 outright. There's no way they can, you know, suffer this much financial loss and be able to bounce back. But I guess they're bouncing back. Well, we'll see. Yeah, man. But Manny, from The Verge, the Entertainment Software Association has notified partners that E3 2021 will be held June 15th to 17th, 2021. Uh, according to gamesindustry.biz, the ESA, the ESA canceled E3 2020 last month due to concerns about COVID-19 outbreak and all of the people not showing up. Now, that second part was me. Adding <laughs> uh, but is reportedly working on a reimagined, in quotes, event for 2021. There's still no word on whether North America's biggest annual gaming conference held annually since 1995 will return in some other form in 2020. Uh, When it announced the cancellation of this year's E3, the ESA said, We are also exploring options with our members to coordinate an online experience to showcase industry announcements and news in June 2020. E3 has traditionally been one of the biggest weeks for new video game announcements, but several big companies, including including Sony, had pulled out uh, of the event prior to its official cancellation. Uh, along with the host and everybody else, even before the COVID thing. Um, Other gaming and tech events, including South by Southwest, the Game Developers Conference, Facebook's F8, NVIDIA's GPU Technology Conference, Google I.O. 2020, were also canceled this year amid the COVID-19 pandemic, along with everything else. Uh, So there you go, Manny. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. They are saying they're they're uh, working on a reimagined event for 2021. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this reimagined event is going in the direction that made Jeff Keighley quit E3, or if it's going mm-hmm. in the direction that Jeff Keighley wanted it to go. 
Like we know, mm-hmm. we covered the story, I believe, a while back, where right. so many people were kind of saying, you know what, E3, it's not going the way it should. Right. And and the word on the street is that it was going to be uh, very focused. The event itself was going to be really focused on like content creators, Twitch streamers, and they were going to try to make it like a like like a celebrity event too. They were going to get like basketball players and just all kinds of people and kind of make a, a you know a big show I, of it. Yeah, and it's like that's not what E three is about. Uh, but mm. apparently that's how you make money. That's what they think anyways. Mm. So reimagined event for 2021. Does that mean that they're going to go the route Jeff Keighley wanted, where it's going to be a more digital experience where mm-hmm. you are hitting people at home where they are. And it's more about mm-hmm. them and it's more about getting games into their hands, maybe online demos or something like that. That mm-hmm. would be really cool. If uh, just imagine that, Andy, if you're watching E3 and you don't have to be on the show floor, you got to go to their website and you oh, got yeah. to play like demos of the things you're seeing and they, you know, they expire yeah. after the week or something like that. But that would yeah. be awesome. That would be so think, cool. That would like make me call into work or something. But I think that would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How cool would that be? But instead, you know, you're going to have to, you can go meet uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar or whatever. Like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you like that call? So, right. Andy, what's up, dude? What are we going to see with E3 next year? Do you think mm-hmm. it's going to be fun or bad? Hey, man, I don't know, dude. So, uh, look, part of me would not be surprised one bit if they did go the, the Hollywood route, right? Yeah. The red carpet, like, oh, big names, you know, big industry, big, mm-hmm. you know, just a massive sort of um show of it right yeah but but i don't know that we can overlook the fact that um you know when uh who was it that just uh had their gdc uh unveil uh, was it playstation well where, yeah, yeah, yeah where, where it just it was like all the specs and it was like mm-hmm. you know the 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 unveiling of it didn't I guess go really as planned for play for Sony, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't overlook the fact that they had like a massive, massive audience that showed up for that, right? Oh, or was sure. it eight million or something like that? Yeah. A lot yeah. of people. That's insane, right? Like that's crazy <laughs> how many eyeballs, you know, uh-huh. like showed up for that. And so when you think about it in business terms, right? Like which one is going to give me more bang for my buck, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not going to even start throwing ideas out there because I don't want to give these knuckleheads any ideas. But the fact remains that, you know, if you if you borrow a little bit from from what we've seen so far and how they've they have digital passes for a lot of these things, and maybe a little borrow a little bit from from Manny here, where, where like part of that quote unquote package is, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, you know what, we'll give you access to you know, ten minute, fifteen minute sort of increments of a demo right a playable demo regardless of what it looks like you know people would line up to to be a part of that dude and how much revenue does that generate how much like how good is that not just for for you know you as a business but also for companies that want to go out there and and you know would that reinvigorate uh, uh, you know, a a a show, uh, uh you know, a co- a conference 
that has been, you know, waning for years now. And, yeah. and like you said, right, is this year the nail, um, you know, that final nail in that coffin, right? Because while, you know, we we're, we might say, yeah, everything shut down because of COVID, E3 was on life support before that stuff <laughs> happened, right? Like, there's yeah. no getting around that. Like, I, I in fact, I doubt, like, it, you know, this pandemic you know, for E3 was just a very convenient, uh, you know, reason for them to just pull the plug, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the fact is, like, I don't know that they could have gone on with the show uh, regardless, regardless of what happened globally, right? Like, so, man, who knows, dude? That That's my sense of it, man. I, I think it would make more sense for them to go a digital yeah. route. M- maybe that's that's what um, What's-His-Face wanted. What's yeah, what's Jeff Keighley. Jeff Keeley. What's you know? his face? Yeah. Yeah. The Game Awards guy. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, but who knows? Who knows? This is pure speculation on our part. But that's what we do on our show, Manny. We speculate. Yeah. And I, I, this is an interesting statement. Uh, we are also exploring options with our members to coordinate an online experience to showcase industry announcements and news in June 2020. That mm-hmm. is, that's good. That's great. But mm-hmm. not everybody's going to participate. People are like, you know what? The pressure is off to produce an E3 demo. That was always a huge waste of time for people. Not necessarily right. a waste because, you know, I'm sure that does something positive. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely pulls away developers. So I would not be surprised if whatever they do is really small and not what we would expect from a normal E3 so mm. I would kind of like set my expectations there. We know that Bethesda has already come out and said they don't have any kind of showcase for us in June. Uh, they just, uh, they, they just, they're just not going to do it. And, and it's probably because they don't have anything to say because Starfield far in development, they're not ready to talk about elder scrolls, uh, whatever that's going to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what are they going to say? We just released something for, for Fallout 76 a few months back, Doom sold really well. So it's like, what are they going to say? So, right. I don't know, man. We'll we'll see what happens. I love the whole uh, E3 thing, all the stuff we get all in one part of the year, but I don't know. E3 yeah. just may never be the same again. We'll see, man. We'll give it 2021. After that, we'll we'll have a much better idea if they decide to you know, go the commercial route, then that I can't imagine them surviving that. That'll probably yeah. be the end of E3 as we know it. <laughs> we'll see, man. Do- mm. Doom, scary days. But uh, right. but let's move on to something big, Andy. Something let's... crazy. Amazon. What? Amazon mm. is about to take the gaming world by storm. They keep threatening us with that, Manny. I know. But let's, let's see what they have to say. GameSpot. Uh, Amazon could soon be a force to be reckoned with in the world of gaming, as the company is said to have invested hundreds of millions of dollars into trying to become a major player in the game's business. The New York Times reported that uh, that figure and also noted that Amazon's new push into gaming represents the company's most significant investment in original entertainment since it launched a movie and TV business with Amazon Studios. Wow, dude. That... 
that's actually piquing my interest. Amazon's film and TV business has enjoyed a lot of success over the years, including the acclaimed TV show Transparent and the Oscar-winning movie Manchester by the Sea. Amazon's The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I love that show, by the way, also won high acclaim, picking up multiple Golden Globe and Emmy wins. Amazon is looking for success in gaming, too. And this begins with the launch of its first original game, the sci-fi shooter Crucible. The game, which is developed by Relentless Studios in Seattle, is due to launch in May, following delays related to COVID-19. Amazon is also working on multiple MMOs, including the 17th century New World from Amazon's Irvine, uh, California studio, and a Lord of the Rings MMO from the same studio in Southern California. On top of this, former Sony Online Entertainment boss John Smedley is running a new Amazon game studio in San Diego, but the company's game has not been announced yet. Like many other game studios, Amazon's teams are working from home, and development continues in this new setup. Amazon is also said to be working on interactive casual games that streamers on Twitch, which it owns, can play with viewers in real time. In addition to games themselves, Amazon is creating a full-fledged cloud gaming platform with the codename Project Tempo, according to the report. This service had been rumored for more than a year already. Amazon would become just the latest big name to get into game streaming, joining Google Stadia, Microsoft's xCloud, and Sony's PlayStation Now, among others. Electronic Arts 2 is said to be developing a cloud gaming service. Uh, I wonder if they mean NVIDIA when they say among others. Uh, Yes, probably. (laughs) Project (laughs) Tempo was supposed to release uh, an early version in 2020, but the launch might move to 2021 due to the quote-unquote disruptions related to COVID-19, according to the report. Dude, what an exciting story. Yes, that's a lot. That's a mouthful. And the fact that they they um they put it in terms that uh, I understood, meaning mm-hmm. uh, comparing it to their streaming service, which um I don't know. Uh, I I do I do tend to my wife and I like many others. I'm sure tend to not you though, Mimi. You don't. You can be bothered with uh, TV, but <laughs> for those of us that do watch TV, uh, you know, Netflix is is obviously probably. Um, the the heavy hitter, yeah. Uh, but Amazon Prime is no slouch, dude. They have a lot of good. Oh yeah, look, th- they have a lot of good uh, streaming content, and, and they have a lot of good original content, right? Like they mentioned, um, the marvelous Miss Maisel. There, they have, uh, you know, they have Goliath. They have, they have a lot of really good shows uh, on that service. And if they have invested. You know, financially, as much as they did into uh, that platform uh, originally, mm-hmm. I can only, you know, just sort of playing that forward. Uh, if they're going to create quality content content like that for their gaming platform, man, I, that's that is super exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting, and I think they're going to mm-hmm. do it. Like I, I really think they are because they're they're just it's it's funny. Like their whole this MMO that's coming out, a new mm-hmm. world. It's pretty interesting. It's had kind of uh, some rough development times as far as the direction of the game goes. 
but it looks crispy enough that I'm going to get it, dude. I'm going to get it and I'm going to play right. it and then I'm going to mm-hmm. regret it because it's not going to be what I want, <laughs> but right. it's going to be fun, dude. I'm just in that mood to explore like a new world. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it is right up my alley right now. So I'm definitely going to check that out. Uh, the beta starts this month sometime in mm-hmm. April. Right. So I'm going to check that out. But overall, I think, I think they have, uh, they have some good direction and mm-hmm. they are definitely capable. Remember when Phil Spencer, everybody kind of said, ah, oh, he's kind of dodging when yes. he said our right. main competition is going forward is not PlayStation. Right. It's not Nintendo. It's yeah. Google and Amazon. And people right. were like, what? Yeah. So, yeah, well, this is now he has this some is- inside information. This is the other shoe dropping, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. man. Yeah. And and, I mean, look, and all of that, right? All of that information all together, I think, paints the picture of of something that potentially could could, uh, be uh, really good for us, right, as gamers. If they support it the right way, if they implement it the right way. We'll see what kind of company Amazon is, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, those dudes have a printing press over there, you know, so they might be that, you know, they'd be happy just to keep us happy and, mm-hmm. instead of like just milking us, right? Because we're their only revenue stream, right? Yeah. Um. So who knows? Who knows? Hopefully, hopefully it's implemented uh, the right way and, and, and they have deep enough pockets, I think, that that they can support a service that um, that is friendly to the consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah. So I, I'm excited about it. I like Amazon products. Mm-hmm. I buy I buy stuff on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, good times. They have a uh, little big awesome on Amazon Prime, the best little show in the world. Actually, uh, my four year old <laughs> really likes it. So oh, uh, nice, nice. So nice. I sit down and watch it with them. It's great. Listen, whatever Just makes that out. little guy happy makes me happy. Yes, All right? definitely. He's he's the best, dude. Nice. Dude. Uh, we had a good time on the trampoline today. Uh, so, <laughs> cool. so moving on, uh, this next story by uh, Tom's Guides: uh, Amazon's Project Tempo could crush Google Stadia. Ooh, this is I, an interesting man? take. Yeah, dude, absolutely. All right, Tom'sGuide.com. Google Stadia launched in late 2019 to a very lukewarm reception. In our Google Stadia review, we praised the platform's overall streaming performance and wide compatibility with various peripherals, but found that its game lineup and feature set were incredibly thin at launch. There's also the question, the questionable pricing model. If you want to access Google Stadia right now, you have to purchase a $129 premium edition kit that includes a Google Chromecast Ultra and a controller, as well as pay for Google's $10 monthly Stadia Pro subscription to keep your access after your first three months uh, on top of uh, paying for the actual game as well. Let's not forget that. Stadia Pro includes a handful of games such as Destiny 2 and Grid, but it isn't an all-encompassing solution like Netflix. You'll still have to buy titles such as Doom Eternal and Red Dead Redemption 2 for a full retail price of $59.99. Let's add that into the (laughs) cost of playing. With Google yet to release Stadia's free tier, crickets, that's supposed to be Mm -hmm. dead air. Mm -hmm. The service isn't (laughs) exactly a compelling value for many gamers, even if it can't even if it can run on most smartphones, PCs, and tablets. 
With Project Tempo, Amazon has a chance to succeed where Google has yet to. The company already offers a monthly gaming subscription called Twitch Prime, which comes as part of your Amazon Prime account for $119 per year or $12.99 per month. Twitch Prime provides access to free games, complimentary in-game content, and free monthly channel subscriptions you can use to support your favorite streamers. If Amazon were to fold Project Tempo into this service and give Twitch Prime members an instant collection of high-quality games to stream from the cloud, it could offer one heck of a value and drive even more Amazon Prime subscriptions. Amazon Prime already gets you a library of on-demand streaming shows and movies via uh, Prime Video, so a collection of streamable games could be a logical next step. Dude, it gives you so much more than that, right? It does. Amazon Prime gives you Twitch Prime, gives you uh the today <laughs> today yeah. uh uh shipping it gives you uh like a tier of their streaming music mm-hmm. books yep. for their uh uh what do you call it their um audible their they e-reader audible. yes audible well it doesn't give you any audible stuff but it gives you like uh ebooks that you can uh like check out uh, yeah, free yeah. every month that's right it's crazy dude it gives you so much stuff it's such a great value it is a great value. They mm-hmm. they really do have something going that is mm-hmm. just unmatched by anyone. And they have right. just a lot of momentum, a lot of goodwill people have towards Amazon because they can get anything they want in like two days or less. It's crazy. Right. right. And then the whole Twitch thing. People actually love Twitch. Mixer is starting to rise up and uh, they are throwing a lot of money at it to try and uh, get people to notice it. But people mm-hmm. just prefer Twitch. It's just mm-hmm. a good, solid platform where you'll find thousands of people, and it's really good. So if mm-hmm. they go through with this particular uh, strategy here, then, dude, it can be a crushing blow to to Google. And I believe that's what Amazon wants to do. Jeff Bezos wants to crush uh, Google. The competition? And, yeah, exactly. Like, they want to crush everybody. They want like mm-hmm. some kind of a dollar amount for every transaction on the internet. They're looking to make <laughs> all the cash. So this yes. this totally makes sense. It really does. Right. So yeah. I don't know, man. It's crazy. Rip Stadia. We'll see. Yeah. Well, not yet. <laughs> we'll see. Dude, I, I look, it kind of bothers me that in two articles, they yeah. sort of danced around how streaming is a thing and neither article mentioned NVIDIA which is the little <laughs> engine that could in my book. I yeah. love that service, dude. I really do. And uh and I want it to succeed, man. I I really I really want Me it too, to succeed. Me too, man. They Stadia? they're apparently uh Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. No, I was done. Well, I was going to say that they're apparently picking up some steam. Uh yeah. they kind of talked about some other games that they're getting and they're actually still even though they lost so many publishers, they're still doing really well, which is great. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. But, uh, Andy, we got yes. one more to go, buddy. Whoa, okay. Now, this one's kind of a sad story, actually. Okay. And it's about uh, the, the great success of Borderlands 3, how they've oh. really done something special mm. for, uh, for 2K and all the, all the, the you know, Gearbox, they made it. And mm. it's, it's super, super successful. It's now a million-dollar brand, uh, just, mm-hmm. just the the whole uh, Borderlands franchise, 
and they've mm. they've done something super cool, super unique. The their whole profit sharing stuff, where they give you, uh, they take sixty percent, but forty percent of the, of the income from the game goes directly to the developers. So it's a very mm. generous profit sharing thing. But unfortunately, it's uh, th- they apparently have no obligation to hold that up. I don't know. It's it's really mm. crazy, dude. But tell mm. us this. Up. Oh. Are we tar- talking about Randy Pitchfork? Oh my goodness, you see what dude, I did the there? magician. You see what I did there? Oh yes, I see. Yeah. No, not a magician. But, <laughs> Yo, but he makes your bonus disappear, dude. But the po- the, the pointy-tailed <laughs> guy himself. <laughs> oh man. Uh, here we go. From Kotaku. Yeah. The video this- game Borderlands, what's that? Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say this is kind of a long read. But okay. I I looked at it and I was going to just pull out some quotes and stuff. But I kind of thought, you know, why don't we just go through this whole article um, and really see the context here? Because I think it's important. Okay, you stop me when you're ready to talk. Okay, go for it. Story time with Andy. Pump them breaks, buddy. Here we go. (laughs) From Kotaku. The video game Borderlands 3 was a big sales success when it launched last fall, according to its publisher 2K, which described it as a billion-dollar global brand. That's why it was shocking to employees at Gearbox, the developer of the game, when the studio CEO, Randy Pitchford, told them yesterday that they would not receive the significant royalty bonuses they expected. Oh my goodness. Employees at the studio will get small bonus checks, but nothing close to the tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands that many had expected. This account is based on uh, conversations with six people close to Gearbox, all speaking anonymously because they were not authorized to talk about what happened. Some said it was crushing news that that has upended their financial plans for the future. Gearbox, based in Frisco, Texas, offers its employees below average salaries for the video game industry, according to more than a dozen current and former Gearbox staff who have spoken to Kotaku over the years. To make up for that, the studio offers something unique, profit sharing. Royalties from an, from all of the developers' games are split 60-40, with 60 going back into the company and its owners, while 40% is distributed to employees in the form of quarterly bonuses. This system has been in place since Gearbox's inception, and when the company's when the company was uh, has big hits, it can it can be lucrative. When 2012's massive uh, when 2012's massive Borderlands 2 came out, many Gearbox workers made enough money to buy houses. A fact that uh, the studio often touted while recruiting new employees. Since then, however, Gearbox has been struggling, failing to find much financial success with flops like Aliens, Colonial Marines, and Battleborn. As a result, quarterly bonuses have been smaller in recent years. In 2020, that was supposed to change. Several Gearbox employees told Kotaku that company management promised them six-figure bonuses following the launch of Borderlands 3. The, the more years they'd been with the company, the larger the check. This vision of financial success helped Gearbox's developers get through many long nights and weekends working on the game. Then, in a meeting yesterday, Gearbox boss Randy Pitchford told employees that Borderlands 3 bonus checks would be significantly lower than they hoped, according to three people who were present. 
He said the game had been more expensive than expected, the company had grown significantly larger than it had been in the past, it now operates a second studio in Quebec, Canada, and that their sales projections had been off base. The game had sold very well. We expect lifetime uh, unit sales to be a record for the series, said Strauss Zelnick, CEO of 2K's parent company Take-Two, on an earnings call in February, but it cost way too much to make. One large factor was a technology swap midway through the development from the Unreal Engine 3 to Unreal Engine 4, which added a great deal of time to the project. In addition, before Gearbox could receive any royalties from publisher 2K, Borderlands 3 would have to recoup not just the game's entire budget around 95 million, but also the budget of all the downloadable content for a sum closer to 140 million, thanks to a contract that the two companies had signed. Pitchford also told Gearbox developers that if they weren't happy with the royalty system, they were welcome to quit. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. If you're not happy with the system, there's the door. Um, They were welcome to quit, according to those who were in the meeting. He did not uh, attribute the diminished bonuses to the coronavirus pandemic, which has led to economic uncertainty, uncertainty and pay cuts in many other fields. He did say that he hoped to get more money to employees as an advance from 2K uh, on future royalties. When asked for comment, Gearbox sent the following statement. Oh, here we go. Manny, I haven't read this, but I suspect that it'll go something like this. Something, 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 we didn't make enough money. Something, something, we regret that this has happened. Something, something, maybe next time. (laughs) But here we go. Borderlands, Borderlands 3 represents an incredible value to gamers and an incredible achievement by the team at Gearbox Software. Our studio is talent-led and will believe strongly in everyone sharing in profitability. The talent at Gearbox enjoys participation in the upside of our games. To our knowledge, the most generous royalty bonus system in AAA. Since this program began, Gearbox... Gear- Gearbox talent has earned over 100 million in royalty bonuses above and beyond traditional compensation. In the most recent pay period, Gearbox talent enjoyed news that Borderlands 3, having earned revenue exceeding the largest investment ever made by the company into a single video game, had officially become a profitable video game, and the talent at Gearbox that participates in the royalty bonus system has now earned their first royalty bonus on that profit. Additionally, a forecast update was given to the talent at Gearbox that participates in the royalty bonus. That's the second time they say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that participates in the royalty bonus to set expectations for the upcoming for the coming quarters. Gearbox is a private company that does not issue forward-looking statements to the public, but we do participate, uh, we do practice transparency within our own family. Uh, That's the end of the statement, by the way. Last Mm. year, former Gearbox lawyer Wade uh, uh, Callender became entangled in an ugly set of lawsuits with the (laughs) studio. (laughs) In one suit, he alleged, that's the last thing you want to do is uh, piss off a lawyer. Uh, In one suit, (laughs) 
He alleged that Pitchford had taken a $12 million bonus in 2016 when the when development started on Borderlands 3. The bonus did did exist, according to two people with knowledge of what happened, but it came out of the company's 60%, not the 40% of profits <laughs> that were meant to go to employees. Still, yesterday's news combined with word of Pitchford's hefty bonus has upset a number of Gearbox employees, some of whom say they expect an exodus in the near future. Those who made financial plans based on the expectations set by the company's management may now find themselves in tough spots. Wow. Scene. That is quite a story, Andy. (laughs) Yes. So what is interesting here, I think, is the the project itself, Borderlands 3, was Mm. super expensive. It's crazy expensive. And so much so that they founded another studio in another location to help with it. Mm-hmm. Now, the question just comes up, like, is the 60-40 still good? Do they still mm-hmm. get that percentage? Mm-hmm. Because if they do and Gearbox is just behind on the amount of money, because they said like they just now became profitable, mm-hmm. then that would make sense, right? The story would make sense. They're like, okay, the money just now started coming in. So -hmm. the profits that everybody's going to, to enjoy, that's all promised. That's just coming in now. So it's all about how much we make from here on out. That determines how much you guys get as a part of profit sharing. Right. But the way it was kind of sold to us in the beginning where they were saying, Hey, you guys are going to get like, you know, a hundred thousand dollar checks or whatever. Right. I mean, that could still be the case. That could still happen, depending on how much Borderlands 3 continues to sell. But this is kind of a funny story because the entire spin on it from Kotaku, and it looks like, I guess, the people who kind of reported this to Kotaku was that they feel like they were tricked. They feel Mm -hmm. like they were taken advantage of, that they don't have the money that they were promised. This is a a strange story to me because it kind of lets us... uh, like behind the veil of what goes on at gearbox. And Mm -hmm. like, I think my natural inclination is to be like Randy Pitchford bad. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this, to be honest, just looking at this situation as a whole, are they being treated fairly and the money is coming in now or were they taken advantage of? Like, was this 40% or whatever? Was this, uh, the new studio switching to the new engine was that kind of uh, that forty percent being sacrificed for those things? Should those things mm-hmm. have been uh, saved up for and paid for by that sixty percent that Gearbox had been earning for years? Was a part of that money could have been uh, you know for those things instead went into the pocket of Randy Pitchford in that twelve million dollars, whereas right. it should have been something that that sixty percent should have covered. Um, protecting that 40% because however you split it, however you look at it, that 40% got affected by having to open a new studio and having all that extra time and development for switching to Unreal Engine 4. So I don't know, man, this is a stinky situation. <laughs> that, that it is, that it is. Um, yeah, dude, it's, it's so hard to say, man. Look, the fact remains that 
There's a 60-40 split in there. We know that. Yeah. We know that the game is profitable. Apparently, you know, according to, uh, you know, uh, the earnings call that mm-hmm. we're talking about and Randy's sub- alleged bonus that he gave himself. Ooh, nice. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, it, it paints a picture. It does. And so when you say, hey, we this money is, or this game is like one of the best, it's profitable, it's going to be a billion dollar, whatever they called it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you turn around and you're like, yeah, but, but in... <laughs> As it pertains to the 40%, however, and take a, a somber tone with that, yeah. it just does not make sense. Those two things, I can't, I don't know how to connect those two, right? Yeah. Like, you know, how is it profitable for the for the heads of the studio and not profitable for the people who are making the game, who you're paying like peanuts to compared to other, to the industry standard, mm-hmm. you know, as... As you know, according to Kotaku, right? Yeah. And that the incentive for these people to stay with your company and to make a quote unquote like billion dollar game or whatever it is that they called it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, You know, what incentivizes them to stay is, is that profit share. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So I, I just can't balance that that account in my mind yeah right the one column does not equal the other column and so i i just can't get there with the information that they're giving us with the statement that they put out there right like that's just it's hard for me to connect those two yeah because so mm -hmm. go ahead go ahead well i was gonna say if if this is all like on the up and up Mm -hmm. shouldn't they have all along been telling their employees look we have to first make $140 million and then we can start the uh, profit sharing because we won't be profitable until we've hit that mark. And then I'd be right. looking at, you know, every, every, you know, their, their, uh, weekly morning meetings or whatever. I would be talking about it because you know, your employees are excited for those bonuses. I'd be saying, you know what, we're projecting. This is when we're going to start seeing that money. You know, this is what we're projecting. And then when you finally hit that profitability, you made up that 140 million, then this should be a time of celebration when you're saying, Hey, look, yes, we finally did it. We made it. Congratulations, everybody. This is awesome. It's only, uh, you know, blue skies and rainbows and, uh, milk and cookies from here on out because Mm, we keep everything 40, 60. We split Mm. it from here on out for this IP. But instead he's like, if you don't like it, Feel free to quit. Like, what There's kind of douchebag is this, man? This yes, guy is yes. not cool. No, 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 no. That that's that's definitely uh, th- that's a red flag, man. That's yes. a red flag. So, uh, yeah. I mean, we're gonna have to see, man. I I, <laughs> I suspect that they will look. I suspect that there will be a massive exodus. And who knows, man? Like when it comes to the big companies, dude, I feel like ugh, the the odds are stacked in their favor. You know, there are going to be people, talented people that go work for them. Yes. They have possession of these IPs that are profitable, right? That are mm-hmm. going to make them money. And so, but I don't know, dude, hopefully, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll sting them in a way that, uh, 
that they'll consider not taking advantage of the people that are making your games, the talent, right? Yeah. Um, and this is where, dude, I think we've talked about this before, and I know, you know, we tr- we're in, and this is not a political statement, but the fact remains that I'm a union employee, that you're a union employee, and I think that this industry, stories like this, stories about the crunch, stories about how the 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 people who are working the hours are clearly getting taken advantage of mm-hmm. like it just illuminates the need for these people to have proper representation yes so that you know that they they have a voice right that they have uh, someone who is speaking for them um i don't know that i mean again uh, i know that there's there's feelings on both sides uh, about that, but mm-hmm. I, I certainly, and I don't think anybody here, anybody that listens to this or plays video games, uh, thinks that that in any way that's fair treatment. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know that, but that's an opinion, uh, and, and I, I'm I'm happy to be wrong about this, right? And certainly, I'm am open to hearing. Uh, you know the 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 pitfalls of of you know unions and this that, yeah. and the other, but yeah. all I can speak to is is you know the the original intent behind having representation like that at being, uh, you know, uh, organized uh, is to hopefully keep from people taking advantage of, and this is no different yeah. than sweatshops back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Than than you know chaining you to your, to, you know, to your printing press or to your widget maker. Uh, so that you don't leave, right? And 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 you know <laughs> they decide when you're when you're done. You know, yeah. I I don't know. I just it just seems unfair and and abusive to me. Yeah, I'm I'm a definitely a big believer in fair work. Uh, for a fair mm. pay, like that's just right. seems to be the right way to to live. Mm. Um, but yeah, dude, tough tough situation. But it's like sure. you know, if. It's it's not a good time right now to be losing your job if you have a job right. to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think there are some of these people who are effective in a negative way are in a tough situation, especially if if the picture that was painted for them was, hey, you're about to win the lottery, you know, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no so, kidding. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, no kidding. Well, that's it, buddy. That is that is this week's in gaming news, man couple 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 exciting stories yeah i like it manny i like it good times it was yes indeed my friends thanks for listening to us thanks everybody for uh supporting us on patreon we really appreciate that and if you want to come and hang out with us just go to gamingadventureclub.com slash uh discord and uh come join the club heck yes anytime come watch a stream yeah (laughs) there you go (laughs) there you go my friends so until next time have an adventurous week and take care of each other and wash your hands (laughs) 